Hey guys, uh, I'm Lena Abijamara, and I'm ho- the host of this uh, podcast of the Ministry of Living with Power. That's also my website, livingwithpower.org. And every week we get together and talk about God's Word and try to pick some practical uh, lessons, basically like a long devotional is what this is meant to be for now. And uh, we are in a series called Great Expectations. I hope that God is exceeding your expectations, but the truth of life is that we get so focused on our own life and circumstances that we uh, live as if God is a disappointment to us. And I, I know that sounds harsh. You might not come out and say it, but I challenge you to think about the last time you'd, your life didn't turn out as you wanted it to. Uh, wasn't there a sense of disappointment in your heart? And I caught myself uh, in that place not long ago. I, there were some things I thought God would do and he didn't. And, and well, he hasn't yet. I think he might still do. But I was judging him by what I wanted to happen, when I wanted it to happen. And, uh, and, and that thought came to my mind that my disappointment wasn't in the situation. It was really in God because I felt like, my God, you could do something about it and you haven't. And, 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 and that's blasphemous and that's wrong. And I shared with you only because I, I realize and I understand that many of us live there at times. And it is crucial for us to have correct expectations when we come to God, expectations that he gives us and by which he wants us to live. Today, last week, if you remember, we talked about uh, expect him to love you unconditionally. Today's kind of principle, today's expectation that I want us to focus on is this. Expect him to answer your prayers faithfully. You can expect God to answer prayers. He is a God who answers prayers. That is who he is. Now, of course, I know, I know you know what, what's the tail end of that statement. I mean, he doesn't always answer in the way you want him to be answered, but he always, always answers prayer. Always, always. Ask and it will be given unto you. And, uh, and, and, and this is a God that we've got to learn to speak to. We are not great at that. I believe that prayer lacks in most Christians' lives. It takes time, it takes quiet, and it takes intentionality. I want to read you the passage that I want to focus on today is from Luke 18, verses 1 through 6. It's a shorter passage. Again, Jesus telling a parable. He says, he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. And, and why don't we, as I start the teaching today, again, so we're talking on prayer. I don't always pray during the podcast. I pray before on my own, but let, why don't I just pray for you? Especially, God, I pray that you would touch the hearts of the person who is listening right now who is about to lose heart. God, it, there are so many situations in life that drive us to that place. Circumstances that obscure our vision and block our minds from the truth of who you are. And Satan takes great joy in putting doubt and discouragement in our hearts and minds tempting us to quit. Father, I pray for that person who has stopped praying. I ask that you bring revival and refresh us with the truth of who you are and with your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, expect God to answer your prayers faithfully. It says, he told them that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterward, he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Now, go back to black letters. And the Lord said, now he gives them the point. He says, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? 
And uh, I shall give you five thoughts today. And I, I, I really, I'm trying to keep those short. I'm sorry if I know I, I shouldn't keep talking about the time, but let's just get into it. Here's point number one. Because God is able, he answers when you ask the impossible. I, you know, when I, I I'm going to talk about this point in a second, but let, let me just kind of back up a bit. When I was going to do the summer series, I couldn't decide what to, what to teach on. And I, and one of the things I kept coming back to, and one of the things that I want you to know is, we've got to learn who God is. We've got to understand God's character. And I wanted to do initially a series called God Is, and kind of go through the different characters of God. I might do it down the road. I find myself forgetting who God is. And it is when we forget who God is, what his character is, what his attributes are, if when we forget who he is, is when we go off course. We've got to get good at hanging on to the unchanging, immutable character of God. That is where our strength comes. That is it, guys. If you're wobbly, double-minded, one day you're believing, one day you're not, like I have a tendency to be, the only solution is to start to know who God is. There have been many examples in God's word of men and women who have struggled like we have. And by their examples, we can learn. And, and so today, really, I want us to go through a few of the characteristics of who God is as a reminder and a strength for us to be able to pray with faith. So number one is this, because God is able, he is a God who is able, he can do anything, he is omnipotent, he is all-powerful, there's nothing he can't do. Look at this widow, she comes to the judge, why? Because he couldn't give her justice. It wasn't like she went to the baker, she didn't go to, to uh, you know, a carver, a potter, she went to the judge because she needed justice. And so when you have an impossible situation in your life, and you need answers, you go to someone who can do something about it. And that person who can do something about it is God. And I tell you, in my life, the things that I can fix, I don't pray about. It's the things that push me to the limit. And right now, I'll tell you, be honest with you, this project we're raising money for, Thrive 16 in the Middle East, you might have heard, seen the videos I've made for it, you might have read the Kickstarter and my blogs, and I keep harping about it, and you're probably coming out of your nose. If you haven't heard about it, maybe you're just listen, listening to the podcast for the first time. I, I'm trying to raise $50,000 to uh, translate two of my books into Arabic and print them a thousand copies of each, and, and also host two conferences in Arabic to women in Lebanon. And every aspect of this project, to my little mind, it seems impossible. And, and, and I'm telling you, I have been driven to my knees because I believe the only thing that's going to make this project happen is God's ability, his power, his omnipotence. That's the fancy word for power. It makes me sound smart. And so, so you, too, might have a situation in your life that is, that is well above your pay grade. You're like, I, I, there's no way that could happen. And just like the widow who went to the judge, you need to go to the one who can do something about it. And that person is God Almighty. And this is the beauty of it. He's given us the ability to come into his presence through Jesus Christ. Here's the second point. Not only is God able, but listen to this. Number two, because God is merciful, he answers when we ask persistently. He is a merciful God. The verse that comes to mind is in uh, Hebrews. Remember that verse? In Hebrews um, 10, it says, uh, the writer's admonishing us to pray. He says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance. Um, wait, that's not the verse that I wanted to. Where is the one that I wanted to? Um, oh, is that? Hang on a second. I should be planning these before. Um, uh, oh, I'm sorry. 
um, you know what um, you know what I'm talking about now. Some of these like yes, yes, it's in this. Um, it, it, uh, uh, here we go. I'm sorry, Hebrews four. I knew I was in the right book. I just couldn't find it. It says, "For we do not have a high priest." Hebrews four verse fifteen. Now I got to tell you the reference because you might be like, "I got to find that verse." Okay, here we go. It says, "For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin." Now listen to this verse sixteen. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That is incredible. In Hebrews 8 verse 1 says, the point in what we are saying is this, we have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. Meaning, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. In, in, in chapter 10, where I was at the beginning, and I thought I was in the wrong place. It says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And it is the blood of Jesus that washes us, my friends. It is his blood that washes us and cleanses us and gives us the ability to come before the throne of God and find mercy. You don't need a priest here on this earth to confess your sins to. There's one mediator, the Bible says, between God and man, and it is the man, Christ Jesus. And we've got to get in the habit to pray and to ask persistently, knowing that God is merciful. The parable that I read about the widow and the judge, Jesus tells this parable. It's a very interesting parable. Why, why do you think he told him the parable? He wasn't trying to compare himself to the judge who's annoyed with the woman. What he was saying is, even the judge who's annoyed with the woman gets out of his you know, chambers and, and, and answers her, because he's like, I'm so tired of her. And now he's kind of using the superlative. He's like, do you not even, can't you understand that Jesus is so merciful? That, I mean, you see a human who's broken and mean, who's going to do what he, you know, give the answer. Do you not think that God, who is the king of mercy and steadfast love, we talked last week about unconditional love, do you not think and understand and know, my friend, that that God is more than willing and able and wanting to answer your prayers. And he, he urges us over and over in the New Testament to come to him, to ask, to pray in faith in the name of Jesus, to pray, pray, pray. Listen, when you get to know him, when you understand his mercy, you're not afraid to pray because you know that he's always going to do the right thing. So here's point number three. That's a good segue. Because God is good, he answers when you ask undeservedly. I cannot tell you how often I've asked for things that I shouldn't ask, or I ask wrong with wrong motives, you know, the whole James 4, either I don't ask, or I ask with wrong motives, or I just can't get it right sometimes when it comes to prayer, and sometimes, lately, when I pray, it's like, I don't even know what to pray, and yet, in that, what I have to rely on is that God is so good, He's so good, He knows my weaknesses, so that I can come to him, even when I might not deserve it. I never deserve it. It's not like I ever do enough good to warrant God Almighty to give me the answers that I want. I mean, he's just so good that he keeps on giving us when we don't deserve. And he gives us things when we don't ask for. He gives us things that we need when we ask for the wrong things. He just It's like he just fixes things so many times. And there are times when he stops us and does, you know, kind of corrects us. We're going to talk about that in a future lesson. But... But how often, if you really stopped and thought about it, do you not see his pattern of being a good and able and merciful God who consistently gives you the impossible when you ask persistently and undeservedly? Here's point number four. Because God is wise, he answers you in his perfect timing. I love the verses we read. It says, The Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? 
My friend, have you been praying for a long time about a situation? There are a couple of things in my life. I can't lie. I mean, some of you are going to be like, oh, she's single, must be praying for her husband. I mean, that's one of the things. I don't pray for it as consistently as I should. But, but there are other things. There are two or three things that I have been praying for for decades. I'm not joking. Decades. And I've seen little answers here and there. And I've seen semblance of answers and beginnings of answers where I thought, this is it. God's going to fix it now. And 30, 40 years later, I'm 43 now, so maybe not 40 years, but 30 years later. I still think, God, are you serious? You still want me to pray about this? And I'm still struggling with that. And, and what I'm learning is that God is so wise. He only delays when he knows it's what's right and what's best and what will transform me into godliness, what will make my spirit Christ-like. And, and, and I'm learning to trust his wisdom. He's a good God. He is a merciful God. He is an able God, but he's a wise God who always answers us in his perfect timing. If you're waiting on something today, don't be discouraged if you haven't seen the answer yet. One of the great stories in the Bible is of Daniel. And remember, when he started praying, later when the angel came to him and says, the minute you open, even before you opened your mouth, God started answering. And, and, and you might not see the answer right now, but rest assured, God is at work. He's at work in ways that you haven't even begun to understand. And so start praising him for it. This is why we're told in the Bible over and over again to praise God always, to sing a song to him. And, and, and how often is that pattern uh, just a pattern of, of victory in the Bible, that when you start singing praise to God, you'll see the victory won. And, and I, listen, I'm going to challenge you. Get a song. Learn a song. It doesn't have to be a complicated song. It could be a little kid's song. I sing once in a while, I'll sing to my little nephew, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. Silly, okay? It's a kid's song. I mean, it's not silly. I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend you, but but the point is, it's it's a simple song. But get used to singing a song of praise to God. Something that just catches in your brain. And every time you're tempted to fear, and every time you're tempted to give up, and every time you're tempted to think that God has forgotten about you, and every time that you're tempted to think that, 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 that you're not good enough to get answers, we're not good enough to get answers. But Jesus is making intercession for us. When God sees us, he, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, God doesn't see you. He, he sees Christ in you. He sees the blood of Jesus enveloping you. He sees his son in you. And that, that is just that moves them to compassion. And, and that is an awesome thought, an awesome thought. Last point, and I'm done. So we're talking about great expectations. Expect God to answer your prayers faithfully in Luke 18. Here's the fifth point. Because he's a God who can answer, we must keep on asking. Because he's a God who can answer, we must keep on asking. Do not give up. Do not give up. Keep persevering. We cannot give up. I, I, James, uh, there's a passage in James that have been, has been so, I mean, I mean I, before I get to James, let's go back to the widow so we have closure in the passage. But the widow in the city, she kept coming back to him over and over and over and over again to the point where the guy was like, I can't take it. I got to answer her. How many of us stop short of that? We come once, twice, three times and we think, oh, it's enough. And yet God wants us to keep on coming, keep on coming. There's the other parable. Uh, I can't think of it now, but remember it? Where it's not, I don't remember where it is at all. That one I can't even find right now. But it was also a parable of a man who, who knocks on the door of his friend late at night. And, and his friend gets up and gives him what he needs simply because of the inconvenience. Are you willing to inconvenience God with your request one more time? And, and James, though, is where I want to end, and I'm bringing this to a close now. Uh, it says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And then verse 11, it says, 
It says, oh, verse 10, it says, as an example of suffering and patience. I'm reading in James 5, verse 10. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Do not give up, my friends. Do not stop praying. It moves on in James 5 to talk about Elijah and how he was a man of prayer who prayed fervently. It says the prayer, it says uh, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months it did not rain. Then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. But yet even Elijah had to wait three years. Job had to wait 40 chapters. I always laugh, man, I want to be living Job 42 when everything was restored. But the beauty of Job's life and the strength and the power of Job's life is his 40-chapter story that showed that even when everything was lost, he says, God gives and God takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I mean, we be people of prayer. May we Listen, we're living in days, I'm telling you, the things that we're seeing in our culture are so impossible to fix, but we can pray. Listen, we can't fix them, but God can. Let us become people known for our prayer. Let us become less talkative and more prayerful. Let us become less standing up with our hands, you know, yelling out. And let us become people who kneel on the floor with our mouths on the ground saying, God, be merciful to us. And I'm telling you, as you get to know this God, your expectations will never be disappointed. Hey, uh, let me finish by kind of reminding you. I told you I was going to tell you more about it. Now, we're a couple of weeks into it now. Uh, I'm taking some time to raise funds for Project uh, Thrive in the Middle East. Um, if you don't know much about it, I beg you to go on my website. Uh, it's all over the place. Every blog I write, you'll see connection to it. Or um, I think on my any of my Facebook, Twitter, I, you know, consistently I'm putting updates. Uh, I think that's the easiest way to find out about it. There's a Kickstarter campaign. I would love you to donate. I think there's plenty of gifts on the Kickstarter campaign that will, uh, you know, give you some resources. I think there's a bunch of eBooks. And if you're a church or if you're a member of a church, if you give a thousand dollars, that's the highest kind of award that I gave. I'll come and speak at your church. And listen, I know these are just devotionals that where I'm sharing, you know, kind of off the cuff some thoughts about the word. They're not like, you know, I mean, they're not like you know, a detailed plan teaching. I just, to be honest with you, I mean, these are just devotional thoughts, but um, but I would love to come to your church and do a conference. If you want to know kind of my style of teaching, you get a flavor of the podcast. Of course, you can go online. All my resources are free online. Every study I've done under livingwithbar.org, click on the menu bar, uh, Bible study, and you'll be able to get something there. You know, Bob Goff does something that I think is fascinating, and I'll end with that. He gives his phone number to people and says, call me if you want me. You know, he just kind of, at every talk I've heard him do, Bob Goff is an author, every talk I've heard him. He says, uh, at the end of his book, his phone number is written there, and you can call him and he'll answer. And I kind of am really inspired by that example, because I've always been like, oh, I don't know if I want people to call me, but he really exemplifies loving, love, and his book is called Love Does. Anyway, I'm not giving a shout out to Bob, although I love him. I think you probably read his book, and he's amazing. But um, but his idea, I thought, man, I want to pay it forward, so I'm going to give you my number. If you're still listening, if you haven't tuned out, then this is your lucky day. If you want to call me and you know ask me anything, it's 847-621- 9035. Call me and I'll be happy to pray for you or with you or answer any questions you might have. Have a great day.